All right, and welcome to the show. This upload is coming to you May 10th, 2017, and you're listening to the Post Money Plan podcast at thepostmoneyplan.com, where we believe empowerment comes through knowledge. Today on the show, we're going to be talking about shopping tips and some strategies and philosophy in terms of spending wisely when shopping. So I have Loretta on the show, who is a experienced shopper, you could say. She's been shopping for the household for over 40 years and has experience with frugal shopping. Loretta is a retiree who has multiple decades worth of shopping experience. So it's worth speaking to her about her experience and knowledge in shopping. So welcome to the show, Loretta. Thank you, Dallas. I'm glad to be here with you. Okay, just fill the audience in a little bit about your background in terms of how your shopping has evolved over the years and and how you've gained experience. Well, I hope the things that I say can be of help to you. When I was first married, we weren't very fluent. You know, we didn't have a lot of money. So everything we bought needed to be things we needed versus things that we didn't need. So my shopping was all about need. And... um. We were very price conscious, so we would shop looking for the best bargain. For example, even items at a grocery store, we would look for the better price at a different store and go to several different stores as we shopped to get the better prices. But then as things went on and we started having more money, then I'd be able to buy more things that I wanted. And so then it was a matter of how much do you want. You know, you can that can be unlimited when we give in to our, <laughs> our desires. So I was always very held back. I mean, I held back because there's only so much that you really need to have. So I got things that I wanted through time. And then later in time were things very fine. So now you have to be more specific and tell me what you want. Okay, fine. With that being said, let me ask you, what are some general shopping philosophies that you think are good to have? Well, one of the things that I think is really important is never paying full price. Because everything goes on sale at some point in time. So by watching things in the ads, you can just not pay full price for something, whether it be an appliance you need or whether it's a new blouse that I want, a new bedspread, whatever, you don't have to pay full price. Now, when you're talking about groceries and one of your things that you need to buy, more than likely you have to pay whatever the store is selling it for. But they, they have their ads too for the week. So why not buy the shampoo this week that you don't really need this week? When you see it on sale and not wait till next week when you really need it and then it's full price. So that's my philosophy for buying things like commodities that you need to use like soaps, shampoos, those sort of things. I always try to buy on sale rather than... Because you know you're going to need them at some point. Right, right. I'm going to use it. So it's not like I'm not never going to use it and I'm just buying it because it's cheap. I'm buying it because I'm going to need it next week. I don't need it this week, but I'm going to need it next week and it's on sale this week. So I go ahead and buy it. Now, another thing about buying things on sale, what I like to do also when I'm looking for these items that are on sale, say I, oh, let's say I'm I'm looking for a new bedspread, like I recently furnished our new addition. So I needed quite a few things for the bedding and so forth. So what I would do, and I was doing this ahead of time, I would wait for the store to go on sale, the items that I wanted. And then when I saw they were on sale, the store that I'm speaking of, Kohl's, is one of my favorite stores. They send out coupons, whether 15, 20, or 30% off. I would wait till I got my 30% coupon. So then I would buy the item on sale price, get my 30% off, and I always felt like then I got a really good price on that item. And again, I was able to wait, not always getting something exactly the moment you want it, 
wait until the sale is beneficial and then fill that need. Because some things you don't aren't immediate needs. When we're talking about food or a house, you know, a roof over our head, that's immediate need. But all these other items mostly are just want needs. So you can wait. Well, that brings up the subject of the different identifying the difference between needs and wants. So wouldn't you say there that you could when you're shopping, you could differentiate between needs and wants. And when you have to choose between the two, you could say, okay, I can leave the wants for later when I have more resources and I'll focus only on buying what I need. Sure. Sure. I mean, yeah, you would get your needs first, definitely getting your needs first before any kind of wants. Now that could be a trap some people might fall into if you don't have much money and money is is tight and you still have these wants. That's where it calls for a discipline to be able to say, I can't get these wants and hold off until you actually can afford them. So discipline can be a A big factor. Yeah. A big factor in shopping. Yes. Because definitely when you start shopping for just wants, that can get out of hand, especially if you have money to buy stuff. You can just keep buy, buy, buy. And and it's all meaningless. It's all junk in the end. So you have to limit yourself on your wants also. And I suppose that would be even more of a risk for someone who greatly enjoys shopping. Yeah. Yeah. It can be an addiction, so to speak. I mean, I've heard that many times, you know, addicted to shopping. Now, I get teased all the time that I'm that way, but I really do not buy in excesses. Like I think you're talking about addiction. I do enjoy going shopping, looking at things I don't always buy. I like to do a lot of looking, and that looking at that around that I do causes me to be able to make the right decision when I do need something, because then I've shopped around so many different places, I know where I can get it and what I can get because I've shopped around. Now, sometimes you might see something that's on sale, but the sale doesn't necessarily mean a sale. I well, think, what do you mean by that? Well, okay, a sale does mean it's less than their regular price, but I found, for example, this past week... I had bought something that was on a special sale and they were having a sale for 20% off on an item. So I bought it and then it turned out that it wasn't the right thing and needed to be exchanged. So I thought, okay, I'll go back and exchange it. To me, it would be an even exchange. Go get the same item, but it needed a different size. Okay. So I went to get a different size. When I returned it, they gave me money back. And I said, why are you giving me money back? Because I'm just making an even exchange. And he said, This is what the computer said. They're cheaper today than they were last week. Well, I was like, whoa, I got them on sale last week. Well, this week's sale was cheaper than the special sale they were having last week. So literally, they gave me these things that I were taking back as what I thought an even exchange. They gave me money back because it was cheaper now this week. Can you clarify what you mean, though, that when you're saying sale doesn't necessarily mean sale? Well, when I bought them on sale last week, what I bought... I thought that would mean that would be the best price I'd probably get for that. That would be the best price. Okay, so you're saying a sale doesn't necessarily mean it's a good deal, just because a store is advertising a sale? True, yes. Because, again, well, you know, I didn't shop that product at other stores this time, so it could have been that you could get it even much cheaper. Say if I went to Walmart, it might be it was a whole lot cheaper. I don't know. So a thing that really irritates me a lot is, especially in retail, when you look at clothing or something and you see on the tag, it'll say MSRP and then a really, really, really high price that no one ever pays. Right. That's the manufacturer's suggested retail price. Mm -hmm. And they'll mark that up way high so that they can always say that it's on sale, but that doesn't necessarily mean it's a good deal. You know, if there's a T-shirt and it says MSRP $50, 
and then they're advertising the shirt on sale for $30. You know a t-shirt, a standard t-shirt costs, what, five, ten bucks. You can buy t-shirts anywhere for ten bucks. Right. So just because you see it on sale advertised for $30 and it's like a discount from the $50 MSRP, that doesn't mean anything. That's where you have to benchmark against where you can get that elsewhere at a different price. And just because they advertise at one price doesn't mean that it's a good deal. Yes, but you're also talking um, the label. Your label on, you know, designer labels have a markup on on a same kind of a T-shirt that somebody else is going to sell under another label. And it's maybe that one's a little bit better quality, but not not the 40 bucks, the different in price. Well, on, on that note, what's your philosophy towards brands? Basically, brands don't mean anything to me. I don't shop brands. I don't need that prestige or whatever that's supposed to do for a person. I just want the product. And if I like the product, that's what I want. It doesn't have to have that name on it. And do you think that a lot of times people perceive that there's some quality difference between brands? Do you think that's largely contrived? Yes. Now, there, there is a definitely a cheap make of everything. You can buy the really cheap, cheap something of, of almost anything. And it is, you know, you wash it one time and it looks old and, and, you know, the seams are coming apart. So that kind of thing, I'm not talking about that. You can buy a quality T-shirt for the $10 and buy that $50 T-shirt. And that $50 T-shirt isn't going to wash up any better than the $10 one. They're pretty much the same. Another thing and I don't know how other people shop, but sometimes I buy things on a whim that I'll see something I like and I bring it home, but I've learned not to take tags off unless it's something that I wanted right away that I used. But I basically leave it for a short time. And I have found I have returned a lot of things because I bought it on impulse and then realized I don't need this or I don't even want this. Or it it doesn't fill the needs of what I thought it was going to. So then I take it back. And definitely returning things that you don't need and want is a good thing. Because I'm sure there might be some people that would buy something and they'll say, oh, that was only $5. Oh, well, I won't even bother to take it back. Well, I take it back no matter what the price is. Because if I don't want it, and you don't need it laying around the house, and sure, you can put it in the giveaway box, but just t- returning it. Because I'm a shopper, and I like to go out back out to the store anyway. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's move on. How do you plan when it comes to purchases and shopping? What are some good strategies to use? Well, a good thing would be to make a shopping list ahead of time, especially when you have several items in your mind that you're going to go shopping for. That way you can plan your trip out and uh, not forget one of the things you want. That actually also has the effect of keeping you in check when you're out and just like seeing things that you didn't think of before. And you you might be like, oh, that's exciting. I want to buy that. But if the list kind of keeps you on track, whether you want to actually buy those things or not. Well, that's true, because when I have a shopping list and I have a goal and say there's three things there. Until I get to those three things, you're right. I've had enough shopping. So then I bought the three things that are on my list and then I go home versus going out on a shopping day when there's nothing on a list and then you just sort of browse around and then you see something or I see something and it's like, oh, I like that. Okay, I'll buy that. And then I buy it. So you're right. A shopping list does keep you on track. So that would be a good thing, especially when you're on a limited budget that you do make a shopping list so that all you're after and not being influenced by something that you see that you might want. That you hadn't previously accounted for. Right. That you hadn't planned for. And two, in my mind, I think I do this and I don't even realize it about like setting a budget. There's certain things in my mind, like I'll pay so much for a shirt or I'll pay so much for a blouse, but I do have a budget in my mind. I don't necessarily have a financial budget, but I do in my own mind set a budget because I won't pay a hundred dollars for a blouse. 
to me, I mean, that's just too much to pay for a blouse. So, but I think that comes back to the subject you were talking about before about like a sale doesn't necessarily mean a good deal because if you benchmark against what is available out there elsewhere, if you're saying I won't pay $100 for a blouse because I know there are blouses that are available elsewhere for $50 per se. Right. So I'm just saying that I have a budget in my own mind of what I will spend and what I won't spend. And again, going to different stores, I know that, say, store A sells blouses for a certain price and store B sells blouses for a certain price. And it's probably what I would be doing is looking on when they have their sales and deciding which one is getting me the best price for the blouse that I see that I want. So that kind of ties into price checking, right? To me, it seems like a good principle where you don't just go with the first price you've ever seen for an item. You want to get multiple prices to make sure that it's a, a reasonable price that you're paying for something. Oh, yes. Okay. That brings to mind more things, say, like an appliance. If I'm buying a new appliance or a new TV, I would be definitely price checking and checking different prices for different. Of course, you have to compare apples to apples and look for the same model. Right. In but if you're not familiar with the prices of goods and you only see one price for something, then you don't have any frame of reference to know if that's a good price or not, right? True. So I guess for myself, that depends on the amount of the price that I'm seeing, whether I'm going to go check some other price. In other words, I have a limit in my own mind of what I would pay. For example, say I go to a store and there's toothpaste, and and this maybe is a bad example. <laughs> now you're laughing. Nobody cares what they pay for toothpaste, but I do. So say it's three ninety nine here. And it's like, okay, I know that I can get it on sale for two ninety nine. Now this is a, this is again, this is, this is silly to you. To most people, it's only a dollar. But I'm also a coupon shopper because what's a coupon worth? A dollar, not much. But why not save that dollar if I can buy the product for a dollar less? <laughs> well, and then when I'm looking, say, say I need a new appliance, I need a new new refrigerator. So what I would do. And I'm saying I need a new refrigerator, but the need isn't critical because I only have one refrigerator in the house and I have to get it today now. So I can time my purchase and watch for sales and get the best price that I think I can get within a reasonable amount of time. And I don't mean delaying it for months. I mean within the week or two because there's so many stores that are selling the same appliance that I can look and, and I can find a good deal. What I feel a good deal would be at that point in time, checking about four or five stores for that same product, and then the one that has the best price, then that's where I would go. Okay, just give us a little bit more in terms of some good ways to get the best deals. Mm -hmm. I feel like you've kind of already been mentioning these things, but give us a little bit more. Well, I think... So you said couponing well, is one of your strategies? Like even, even clothing stores and department stores, they put out coupons all the time. There's a coupon saying um, any purchases, like this one store, any purchases over $50 get $10 off or any purchases over $100, you're getting $50 off. Now, if you're shopping where you're shopping in that dollar amount, which it seems to me is a lot of dollars, okay, if I can get a $100 worth of clothes for $50, that's a good deal because they put this coupon out. And again, even when I'm spending that $100, if it says I can use a sale item, I will be looking under the sale items first and then spending the $100 of sale and getting sale items and then getting another $50 off. To me, then I end up with a good deal. That just makes me think of the best way to save money when it comes to shopping is not buying things you don't need. <laughs> to me, not spending is the most savings over anything. Of course. 
There's another item, for example, my perfume that I like. Perfumes are fairly expensive, so I always wait till it's on sale, and all the department stores put it on sale. But then they also run these ads where they add another seven free products that go with it if you spend $35 or more. So I always wait till my perfume when I need my perfume till I can see this ad that's running that's saying they're giving the extras away. Now these extras, you might say, well, what are these extras? Well, out of these extra products that are, to me, they're free, if I was using these products, they would be very valuable to me, and I don't always use all the products, but I have found even the one has an eyeliner that they give you, and my granddaughter likes it, so I give it to her. So it gains me that one extra little goodie or freebie by buying it under their t- their time frame of giving me the sale price on the cologne or perfume and then getting the freebie also, as long as that freebie is a usable item. Otherwise, it's worthless. But it's just, you're saying you get some free stuff on the side. Right, and then that's a value because if I was buying that eyeliner on its own, it would be by 4 or $5. So to me, that's another 4 or $5 savings. But you definitely should be buying things when they're on sale. Like I said, like a sale, like a, a refrigerator, a TV. To go out and just go pay full price for a TV is ridiculous when every store that sells TVs is always having them on sale. So you should be watching for several weeks to see the TV that you're, maybe you zoned in on one certain kind or one that you want. And my suggestion would be, or advice would be, to watch that TV in different ads. Get online, of course, get online and look it up and see what they say, what their price is, and get the best price. Oh, there's another thing, too, about um, when buying things after the season's over, especially Christmas time, when there's so much that's on the Christmas clearance. Now, I've noticed in more recent years, the stores are getting wiser to that because they had so much excess that they get less and there's less to buy after Christmas. So many times you can wait and if you just buy it after Christmas, you can save so much money. And I'm not meaning that you don't buy your family gifts because you're waiting for after Christmas to give them their gift, but you can always buy after Christmas and save the gift till next year and give it to them depending on what it is. Well, yeah, because there's plenty of things that aren't connected to that year. If you're planning that far and ahead and you're getting a great deal, why yes, not? Yes, especially like when you're talking about wrapping paper and gift bags, things like that that are timeless. You know, it doesn't matter when you bought them, but to buy them on sale and get 90% off of the retail price that you would have paid before Christmas, to me, that's worth it. Oh, another thing you can do is if there's rebates. Sometimes you'll see something in an ad and they'll say, oh, buy this TV and you get a $50 rebate, but you have to take the time to send in whatever requirements are. And you look at all the requirements and it's usually a, a UPC label and a certain form that you have to fill out and your receipt and you send it in and you'll get your $50. So definitely if there's a rebate on an item, it's worth taking it. That just makes me think talking about the rebates is a similar thing, I think, to coupons and deals and whatever else. The companies are advertising things and they want to attract you into the store, but then hopefully you don't take advantage of everything that they advertise. They're legally obligated to offer everything that they advertise, but along the way they hope that you buy the full price things or don't take advantage of all the deals or you see the coupon but you don't actually use it or you go to the store because of the rebate but then you don't actually mail it in because it's a bit more hassle so basically to me it seems like you want to be that customer that they don't want (laughs) in a certain sense of like you take advantage of all the deals like all the rebates 
all that stuff because you're the person that they're not counting on mm -hmm. in the sense that like they hope that 80% of their customers see the deals but can't be bothered to use them. Or right. Now, that brings up an example in my mind, and I don't know if I can remember this example exactly right. But it had to do with Kmart was for a while giving double off on coupons up to $2. Now, this, this is again, we're talking little do you know dollar kind of items. But okay, so if I had a coupon for $2 off and they're going to double it, that's $4 I'm getting off of this some product. And apparently they had a sale on some product that was two for a certain price. So therefore, the two for the certain price plus my $4 off made it almost zero or under zero. <laughs> and they didn't want to give me my money back because I said, I'm buying two. I'm buying the two because you're buying, selling me one and getting me one, this one for zero, but it's still the two that I needed. And the coupon was for two and you get $4 off. So anyway, <laughs> and they were just very upset with me and said they couldn't give me it back. And I said, but I'm playing your game. I'm getting, <laughs> I'm playing, doing my double coupon and I'm doing your two for whatever. And as I said, I don't have this example exactly right, but I'm playing your game, but you don't giving me what you're saying you're going to give me. So that upset me at the time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, a lot of times when you buy an appliance, there will be a warranty and they want to... Or especially electronics. Electronics. And, okay. And they want to sell you the warranty. I always feel that the warranty is not worth it. You might get the rare one item in a big number. I mean, the one in 100 or one, one in 200 that your, your product goes bad. And if you had that warranty, it would have saved you money. But more than likely, that warranty... A lot of times it covers the unit itself within usually a very short time, maybe up to 90 days. And most any product's going to last past that 90 days. So you've paid for this warranty. So you're adding to the cost of your initial purchase, whether it's your laptop or whatever it is. By buying that warranty, you're adding that much dollars to your initial cost and not going to need that warranty. Well, so as it turns out, the way that they price those warranties is actually based on the longevity of the product statistically. So they test out the products, they see how long they last and how often they break after a certain period of time. And so they statistically price the warranty that you have to pay so that they're going to come out ahead on those. They're always priced mathematically to benefit them and not the consumer. Yeah, so I recommend to not buy the warranty. Never buy the warranty. A lot of the time with warranties, they'll try to make it very narrow in terms of what it covers. And then when events actually happen, it's not covered by the warranty. Mm -hmm. And then it ends up that what you're paying for, you don't get anything out of it. Right. You're Like you said, the companies make it so that they're going to win on those situations. Another thing that we do sometimes to make things cheaper is uh, buying in bulk. I maybe don't do this as much as I did at one time. Now, the thing that I like to do is our grocery store has this, these products that they uh, sell special each week, and then they give cents off on gas. So we've taken advantage of that. And in that case, the items that, that are on these this list of items to buy for the week that will apply to the gas discount, we look at those items and decide which ones we will use. We figure out the price of them versus the price of the amount of gas they give back. And when it comes to about equal or sometimes we're getting more gas back than the product costs, then we buy those products. And again, these are products that we buy that we need, we will use, and we're buying them actually like in bulk. We don't need them today, but we'll use them tomorrow or next week, especially like when it comes to cleaning products and things that are not like food. All right. Did you have anything else? 
I can't think of anything right now. I don't know what you uh, want to know. I just, I do love to shop and it's just, like I said, it's a, it's a hobby for me or a pastime. But I have found that, um, to me, the satisfaction is buying something as, as cheap as I can get it for that item. You know, I just do enjoy sales. I do try to put sales and coupons together. I love to double, you know, double things up so that I'm getting it for the, the least amount of money that I can get it for. And that, that makes me feel good. <clears throat> it's a game I play. Well, I think that's a good point, actually, in terms of making shopping for items that you need and want into a game in the sense of seeing how low cost you can make it. There's kind of a bit of a challenge in that, and there's reward in that, too, in the sense of having your resources go further. True. All right. Well, thanks again, Loretta, for coming on the show. Well, thank you, Dallas, for having me. It's been fun. All right. And we'll catch you next time on another episode of the Post Money Plan Podcast. Mm-hmm.